When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. everybody, it's Andrew Ross from uh, Chat Integrated Media, publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation and creators of the Great Canyon Aftermarket Trade Show virtual event. I'm here with uh, Alan McClelland, who's the Dean of the School of Transportation at Centennial College. Now Centennial College uh, puts more uh, automotive technicians through its system than uh, just about any other organization in North America. Uh, so. Uh, during this time, uh, there's been a lot of disruption in education across the board, as any parents will know. This has been particularly acute for those who have been in the midst of their apprenticeship uh, programs. So, uh, Alan, uh, uh, thank you for uh, coming on uh, uh, with me today. It's my pleasure to be here, and I just want to thank you for, uh, for giving us the opportunity to discuss uh, what we do for the next generation of apprentices and how we can help them through this disruption uh, of COVID-19. Sure. So, um, uh, lay out for, uh, for our, our viewers, if you would, uh, what the uh, kind of current status and situation is that, you know, as far as apprenticeships go, uh, I mean, we're in Ontario. And, uh, you know, what are you hearing from uh, kind of the candidates who are currently in the system? It is really varied. And COVID-19 has dis created huge disruptions right around the world. But that disruption has not been consistent or, or the same in magnitude. And the automotive sector and transportation sectors are no different. There are some repair facilities that are probably seen no reduction in work with people who work for fleets and people who work for uh, employers that, that have to have vehicles on the road. And then in the retail sector where people aren't driving their vehicles as much these days and where businesses were shut down like the dealerships, there are some who've seen huge disruptions in, in their workload. And that's been the main thing that's, uh, that's impacted apprentices. Whenever there's less repair work to do, there's less work for them to do in the shops. Uh, from the college's standpoint, uh, uh, some colleges, including Centennial, maintained apprenticeship in-school training throughout uh, most of COVID-19. So uh, our faculty did an amazing job transitioning everything they could to online. Uh, and uh, uh, they, they were going into the shops in some cases and, and videotaping demonstrations and putting using simulation software uh, uh, in online databases for uh, apprentices to engage in so they could still continue their learning. And so what we saw from, a, from employers is even though the workload was reduced, it was easier for them to release their apprentices. So we had almost a full intake run through April, uh, May, and June, uh, because with less work in the shops, it wasn't as hard for them to give them up. And, uh, and so what we saw was a really good uptake, and we're anticipating good numbers in the fall. But the downside is if there's less work in the shops, there's less hands-on learning that they're going to be able to engage in uh, as things remain slow, but they'll pick back up. 
Sure. Now, what does that mean for, for somebody who's, uh, uh, you know, again, in the midst of their program, it sounds like you've been able, at least at Centennial, to maintain the uh, school portion of, of the requirements. Uh, now, as we know, some shops are, uh, you know, uh, uh, running well, and as you said, it's easier for, for them to release their, their apprenticeship uh, apprentices, uh, you know, for their, for their uh, you know, kind of in-class portions for those modules, uh, but they need to get in the shops. Um, what are you hearing from uh, from the the students, uh, the apprentice uh, candidates on on that front moving forward? What are their concerns, and what kind of guidance are you giving them if they're if they're uh, you know having uh, to to uh, deal with uh, that that potential uh, inability to to get into the shops to get those hours? The businesses are starting to open back up again. And, uh, and so as the work is starting to increase, we see more cars on the road each week as we, as, as, as we get out and drive. And so what we're hearing from employers, again, is varied because uh, certainly through the, uh, and I can use my son-in-law who works in a, he works in a, in a retail uh, service operation. Uh, it's in trucks, but, uh, but this, this reflects what a lot of other shops have done as well. With less work, some of the, employee, uh, some of the employees have chosen in some organizations to, to, to stay home with the wage subsidy because of, of risk factors that they have themselves or members of their family. So in some cases with fewer people who are able to come in and report to work, it's given lots of work for the apprentices that choose to come in and it's been almost business as usual. In other cases, there have been layoffs where apprentices have been temporarily uh, laid off and are on CERB. And so we're starting to see things pick back up uh, in uh, uh, people who are working in retail aftermarket repair facilities that aren't seeing as much work right now. I think if we look at demographics, if we look at the aging workforce, we're losing such a huge chunk of our technicians over the next three to four years or say uh, four to six years. Uh, in fact, we're into it right now. And so that means the bodes very well for the younger generation who are coming in and this disruption that we're seeing because of COVID, we're easing into an opening up of the economy, workspaces. And so uh, I think it's just how quickly that transition happens will dictate how fast things ramp back up. But there's no question in the medium to long term, there is a great need for the skills that we're equipping people with today. It's just getting through that transition. And as people start to drive more, they will have to start to maintain their vehicles more. And, and, and I think we're into that uh, upwards uh, trend right now. Sure, I mean, there's a concern, you know, that with this disruption uh, and, and with, you know, in some communities where there aren't a lot of options for, uh, for the apprentices to get back in, uh, to to the bays and uh, that we might lose a, a you know a, a, an exceptional number you know part way through the system is that something that that uh, you're uh, either seeing or concerned with and are are addressing or are you fielding calls from you know candidates wondering how they're going to finish up on this uh, you know we're already uh, 16 weeks into this situation. And for, uh, for a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of, uh, you know, people, they're not, you know, they have other obligations, uh, their financial obligations, they're on CERB now. They're looking around and wondering, you know, if in their situation, they're not able to get into a bay. 
uh, you know, there's, there's the potential there they might actually end up leaving the program. Uh, you know, are you, are you hearing that? And, and if you are, what are you, what's your guidance? It's too early for us to hear that yet because, because this started out with everyone thinking it's short term. Uh, and that's, and so everyone was looking to just get through the crunch. So when we're, when we're looking and, and dealing with uh, employers at our program advisory committees, we continued those on virtually through, through conference call and through Zoom. Everyone, uh, it, when, when I go back into May and June, was looking at this as a, as a, as a temporary situation. So uh, most of the employers we were dealing with were looking at getting through this and planning for the reopening of their businesses. The apprentices themselves, we had a group who were in school, and so we were helping them in school but it, it'll probably be in the fall that we'll uh, that we'll start to hear from apprentices and what they're what they've felt. Uh, what we see with our numbers for apprentices right now is full numbers for the for most of our programs for the fall, which gives you a sense that their intent is to stick with their training and stick with the program. If we'd had apprentices that were looking to get into something else and choose a different career, I think we wouldn't see them signing up for school this fall. I think the real answer to your question is, uh, is probably going to happen over the next six months as we see how quickly it ramps up, but by the same token, how many people who are at the edge of retirement are going to take this as their opportunity to move into the next phase of their lives. And I'm expecting we're going to see quite a few retirements which will open up spaces for the new apprentices. And so we've had lots of discussion behind the scenes, not with apprentices, but, but with, with employers and with uh, uh, amongst ourselves. We think that even with a reduced volume of vehicle traffic and light vehicle traffic on the road, the, the, the loss of, uh, of the aging workforce and the, uh, the technicians that are, are heading into their retirement now, uh, we probably, it's going to be a little bit less uh, critical or dire with the skill shortage because of reduced vehicle traffic, but we're still expecting a skill shortage. Trades are going to be a huge demand in the future for, uh, for employers. Uh, and that's construction trades, that's transportation trades. Some sectors will take longer to come back when you look into aviation and we're huge in aviation programs, but Automotive will probably pick back up fairly soon. What we think is with the physical distancing, uh, I expect that will work against attempts to have more people in vehicles and more efficient light vehicle traffic. We'll probably see more people traveling alone in order to maintain their own safety. And then some people will be working from home, which will mean that uh, that that that'll probably ease some of the uh, some of the stress and strain on on the road system. And so the only thing that will be impacted probably from the the, the automotive technician standpoint is there may be a little bit less maintenance on the vehicles because they're not traveling quite as often. Sure, but it certainly sounds like on a number of fronts. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there there's some some uh, trends uh, that potentially can work in favor of uh, you know the the apprentices coming into the system. I, I think uh, you know it, it makes a lot of sense to suggest that a lot of uh, uh, you know the 
more graying members of, of the automotive aftermarket might look upon this as an opportunity to make their transition into retirement, uh, again, opening up spaces as you suggested, and, and providing some real renewal for the aftermarket too, which is, is really quite promising. Uh, you hate to look at it upon a situation like the pandemic as providing positives, but there are some things that, that certainly uh, can trend to be a, you know, a medium to long-term benefit, correct? Absolutely. And there's no question when you look at North America, all of our infrastructure is built around vehicle traffic. And so we may see buses uh, traveling with less people to keep people safe, but I think there'll still be as much bus traffic on the road. And, and, and we, uh, we, we deal with the, the major fleets on that side. When you look at all of the uh, deliveries that are taking place with online shopping, there's a lot more vehicles on the road that are delivering packages and parcels. And so that, that's increased substantially. Then when you take a look at uh, you take a look at Uber and Lyft and opportunities for that and for taxis, there will be people who, if they don't want to take a bus with more people, will be getting into those other light vehicles. And then you'll have the individuals who are, who are driving and maybe not driving into work five days a week, but driving into work two or three days a week. And every four months, they still need to change their oil. And, they, and they're, if you don't use your vehicle as much, your brakes still wear. They just start to seize up with rust instead of wearing out pads. So there'll be a lot of wear and tear that takes place because the vehicles even sitting in the driveway are still aging and seizing up and things are getting stuck. So uh, there is a bright future for uh, automotive technicians and apprentices and all of the technology changes give them so many uh, uh, opportunities where do-it-yourselfers just can't do the things they used to on their cars. That's fair. Now, you know, before we uh, wrap up, I just wanted to ask if there's any guidance uh, that you could offer the employers, some of the, the shop owners who may be looking at having to make decisions about uh, maybe who they bring back as, as the business does open up and, and how to kind of look at those uh, situations. I mean, is there uh, a couple of points that you think they should, uh, uh, you'd like them to remember when they're, when they're making those decisions? That's, that's a really, really good question. And, uh, and so for employers, this has always been an issue in this sector where people tend to push a, a toolbox on wheels down the road to another shop. And the first is, is take a look at the work that you see tomorrow. And what are the skill sets you really need from people? And even if they can't do that work today, who has the potential for a really wide range of problem solving, mechanical repair procedures, customer service skills with communicating with customers, and take a look and say, who do I see doing that work for the future? And what can I do to support them so they'll stay with me and they won't leave for greener pastures somewhere else? And then, uh, uh, try to retain them, bring them back. And there'll be some people that may not fit into that. And, and at the end, with, uh, without enough work to go around, in some cases, you may be better bringing fewer people back in who have the broad skill sets that you need, rather than trying to spread the pain across a larger workforce and none of them can make a sustainable living in the organization. And I think those, those are hard decisions to make, but I think, I think there'll be lots of new opportunities as the entire economy uh, shifts 
to new ways of doing businesses, and in some cases, new businesses uh, as well. It's uh, where we're facing, I think, as a nation, uh, we're facing a major change. It's not something that everything's going to go back to normal uh, in a few months. It's great. Good, uh, good messages of some positivity, though. Uh, uh, even you know, as we work through the many uh, zigs and zags that we're in right now. Uh, thank you very much, Alan McClellan, the dean of the School of Transportation at uh, Centennial College. The viewers, if you could take a few moments and uh, look at the exhibitor booths uh, at the uh, Great Canadian Aftermarket Trade Show, that would be great. I'm Andrew Ross for Chat Integrated Media here. Everybody have a great day and keep an eye on the future. Thank you very much. Listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of Chat Integrated Media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.